ideas, inspiration, innovation. This is The Game Changer. And now here's your host, Chickie Fitzgerald. Good afternoon, this is Chickie Fitzgerald, and this is a part of our Back by Popular Demand series. We've actually had two other interviews with this author, so it is my distinct pleasure to welcome back one of my favorites, Ekaterina Walter. Ekaterina, it's so great to have you today. Thanks for having me again, Chiki. Always great to talk to you. Well, I know that you and Jessica uh, have written another book, and, and this was the one that we talked about last time, The Power of Visual Storytelling. And then, of course, uh, you and I talked uh, about your, your first book. So I, I would love uh, for you to talk about those as I have you talk a little bit about yourself. And then we are going to be talking today about the laws of brand storytelling. But before we go there, Ekaterina, let's, let's talk about you. And of course, uh, I had interviewed you for the first time about your book, Think Like Zuck, The Five Business Secrets of Facebook's Improbably Brilliant CEO. And uh, of course, you were talking about Mark Zuckerberg. And, and I showcased you actually in one of the chapters of my book, which was a novel uh, that had one of my characters actually listen to our real life interview. So, uh, you know, kind of the, the full circle of media meets, uh, meets authors, meets uh, readers. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you? You've got a fascinating history. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know about fascinating, but it's definitely been a whirlwind um, I, you know, you know, I've been on the corporate side, um, building a lot of cool, um, cutting edge tech programs and, um, in the sort of area of marketing and digital media. And then I, uh, last, last six years. So, um, you know, co-founded startup, sold a startup, um, became chief, you know, evangelist for the company I sold startup to. So, um, that would be sprinkler and, you know, pretty much uh, went, you know, had had the best of both worlds, right? The corporate sort of um, side and then the entrepreneurial side. So um, it, a lot of learnings, a lot of interesting things. Um, three books, yes. The the new one, the third, my third one and, and the second one we wrote with Jessica is coming out this month. And, you know, the reason why we wrote it is uh, our first book, The Power of Visual Storytelling, actually did extremely well. And it seems like that that niche, even though a lot of people write about branding specifically, but the niche of actual storytelling with actionable insights, with actionable frameworks and strategies and approaches, something you can take and plug in, something that's full of ideas and tips and advice and something that you can use um, you know, every day, that sort of thing has been missing. At least that's what our readers tell us. So the, the, the Power Visual Storytelling has done real well a lot of times sitting on people's desks that they refer to back um, because there is, you know, there's um, lists of tools and there's strategic frameworks and then there is, um, you know, examples and, and tips. And so um, so it's done very well. And, and uh, our readers said, well, you know, we want to know visual storytelling is only part of a bigger um, brand storytelling. What the heck is brand storytelling all about, right? And not in a fluffy right. way. You know, not in a fluffy way because, because you know, I, I think the words like storytelling and authenticity and a lot of others, unfortunately, has been really washed out by 
um, by a lot of sort of misconceptions. And so what we've done is we sat down and we wrote a very specific, very targeted book. And the reason why we called it the laws of brand storytelling, um, you know, win and keep your customers' hearts and minds is because we believe in heart marketing versus head marketing. And and honestly, right. you know, the laws of brand storytelling, why we went so radical with the title is because there's certain things you need to know. But at the end of the day, there's a little twist. At the end of the day, you you, you got to go create your own, what works for you, for your company, et cetera. So, so very, very specific, very strategic. And so that's that's the history of the book. But, uh, you know, which which I think might potentially be slightly more interesting than, than mine. But, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. And, and, you know, one thing to add to that is last year, my eight-year-old daughter and I published a children's book. So, you know, there's always something going wow. on in life. I know. Oh, how cool is that? Well, you, you left out the first part of your story, which was uh, emigrating to the U.S. Uh, from Russia. And my, uh, I think you'll remember, I've got a, a son that was born in Vladivostok, and he yes. uh, he's eight now and is going to be graduating from high school this year. So it has been just so much fun to be on that journey with him. Uh, you know, and we, we talked a little bit in, in, certainly in my book, I mentioned that you also have a TED Talk that tells your story. So for those who are listening, go, go search for that and listen uh, to her story and, and the impact her grandmother had on her. I just think that, that that part of your story is really fascinating. So let's just jump right into the book. And again, the name of the book is The Laws of Brand Storytelling. So the first set of laws that you talk about, you call the protagonist laws. So why don't you give us a little background on that and how can you know who you are as a company? Yes, you know, let me take it sort of one step, um, one step above that and sort of explain to the listeners um, what we've designed. So the book is designed around what we call the storyteller journey. And so there is uh, six chapters, well, there's seven, but there's, there's six main parts to the storyteller journey, right? You start with the protagonist laws, which is knowing who you are. Then you go to the strategy laws, which is understanding your goals. Then you go to discovery laws, finding your story. And then the final one, crafting your story, the story-making laws. And then you move into sharing your story, which is the channel laws, and engaging with your community, which is the laws of engagement. And so that's kind of how we craft it and build it. But yes, you know, the protagonist laws you know it's interesting to me um brands are so and i've been on a brand side man for so long and i and i've worked with brands in the past five to six years all across geographies of different sizes i mean fortune 550 to fortune 500 to to smaller businesses and i have to tell you that everybody sort of makes a mistake thinking that that it's important who they think they are in, in the sense of they they approach storytelling and their branding overall from a egotistical perspective, which is, we're awesome. We're awesome, and our brand is awesome, and our product are awesome. Nobody cares. Honestly, nobody cares what you think. What What is happening is people are shaping perceptions of you and your brand, not just around your marketing messages, right? And people, here's another misconception. People think storytelling equals marketing. But people are shaping their perceptions of you and who you are and, and what you stand for and on your product based on every single interactions they and their communities have with your brand. You know, there's, like I said, you know, earlier, no controlling of that anymore. You can shape it and you can create the customer experience 
experience across the board so that that perception is shaped the right way. And so, you know, storytelling does not equal just marketing. It's the job of every single person, right? It's the job of customer service reps. It's the job of sales. It's the job of, you know, HR, APR. I mean, the list goes on, right? So it's a company-wide initiative. And so when we talk about protagonist laws, we talk a lot about, you know, the, you know, what's your purpose and, and obviously marketing elements like visual identity, but what's the differentiation? What's, what's the authenticity law? You know, in authenticity law, we talk about, we've created the concept of the authenticity playbook. And the reason is, you know, everybody has brand guidelines, but do you really know what that means for you? What are you going to do? Not the messages you're going to put out of what are you going to do if something, uh, if you have to stand up and stand for something, right? So it's not the message anymore. It's your action. So, so that's sort of how we shape that chapter. Well, you know, it's so interesting. I, I posted, uh, I think sometime last week, I, I had gotten that dreaded letter from the IRS asking for clarity on something on a previous uh, year's tax return. And I, I had to kind of chase down some rabbit holes to get the documents that they were asking for. And and it was about a house that we had purchased like 20 years ago. Well, we had ended up that loan had been sold and had a very, very bad experience with the loan processor. And I remember seeing, just as I was kind of wrapping up that initiative with them a couple of years ago, that they were going to change their brand name. And their name had been Nation Star, and they were changing their brand to Mr. Cooper. They wanted to be like the everyday banker down the street, you know, kind of like uh, it's a wonderful life. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, you can't just change your name and have it flow through. So they are probably the best example of this because when I contacted them, Ekaterina, to get a copy of this document that I needed, I went, I, I, first of all, I didn't, I couldn't call in because the phone systems all make you put in a loan number. Well, you know, this transaction was old. I posted on their Twitter feed and over on their Facebook page. Do you know, five minutes later, I had the document I was requesting in my email. I mean, I had wow. the document. And I posted on both Facebook and, and uh, Twitter – and then I went over and did a big post on LinkedIn about this. And do you know that that post made it all the way up to their C-suite, to their CEO and all of their senior executives? Because what I said was, bravo, you not only changed your brand, but you, and, and of course the visual identity, and you know they had already articulated their purpose, but they actually differentiated themselves from every other loan processor or bank, you know, mortgage company that you would need to deal with. And they made it authentic. Yeah, right? it's, all, it's all about experience, where you are, and um, at, the, at the right time, the right way, right? Um, and with heart, right? That's, that's the thing is, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be on social. Um, it could be somewhere else. But the fact that you couldn't get what you needed through the phone system, you know, talks about the breakdown of those touch points Right. That makes you feel bad about the company, but then there's other touch points that work extremely well that suddenly start changing your perception of the company to the better, right? And 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 the the problem with companies is, and the biggest issue is silos and how do they break those and align experience so that it is as cool as you've had it on social to everywhere else, to all the other channels, to all of the other customer-facing transactions. Right. 
Right. So talk to me just a little bit. You skipped over the conflict law, which is part of the protagonist laws. What What is that one about? Yeah, that's well, that's one of my favorites, honestly, Cheeky, because we talk about the fact that that brands cannot be Switzerland anymore, right? You you cannot not stand for something in current environment, and and it doesn't necessarily mean oh well in current political environment. It doesn't matter whether it's politics or if it's something else. In in the current environment where you know brands been quiet for so long, brands are not and companies are not trusted anymore. You have to take a stand. You have to stand for 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 what you believe in and for who you are, right? So um, I'll give you one of my favorite examples when Honeymade. Um, launch their wholesome campaign. Well, no, because we've all seen it and it, it ran for you know number of years now, um, and they feature diverse sets of parents, right, across the world. You know, struggling with the same challenges and and um, and but but you know having sort of the the that that wholesome feeling uh, towards the family and towards parenting and towards life, honestly, right? Um, there's going to be a, a lot of backlash, a lot of backlash. Um, why are you featuring, you know, non-traditional couples, right? Why are you featuring parents all covered in tattoos, right? Why, you know, there's all these um, issues that, that popped up and, and there was some negative backlash. And the company knew that they're probably going to get some of that. They expected that they were prepared for it, and, and they did it anyway. They said, you know what? We do stand for wholesome. We are wholesome. We believe in, in family values. And mo- most of all, we believe in love. So when they got hit with all this negative press, instead of trying to you know, wiggle their way and go and apologize, which is always a lot of times so insincere, you know, they just issued a video of all of the responses they've gotten and it was such a beautifully done video um, called Love. And they've they've taken all of the responses that they've, they've done that were negative and they build a word love out of them. That two artists helped them do that. It was beautiful uh, constellation. But um, and then they just basically took all of the responses that were positive, which was 10 times that and build that around the word love. And that was the response. The response is the only thing that matters is love. Right, and so they they said we're gonna stand by by who we are. If you're gonna lose you as a customer because you don't believe in what we believe in, that's okay. But but we this is who we are and this is what we stand for. And you know there was Nike right example lately, um, Nike and Kaepernick. So so you know there's there's a lot of things and you know and Nike got this backlash. Well, let's burn all the Nike shoes. And and yes, their stock dropped temporarily and then it rose. And it throws so much. It was one 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 of the their highest, right? So and and it stays there, right? So so people people um, people stand behind you when you stand for something. And I think brands for so long have just been so neutral, and and it's all steeped in fear all the way across the board. Well, we're afraid if we do this, this is what's going to happen. And so it is. People don't believe shiny commercials anymore they want you to take action and if you do they'll stand behind you if this is what they believe in and you probably don't want the customers who don't believe the same things anyway very very interesting so let's move on to strategy and you know actually one would think that strategy might precede you know knowing who you are but what you talk about is that once you know who you are then you can move on to understand your goals. And then you talk about creating a strategic blueprint 
And you also talk about collaboration, which is a, a really critical part of my own company's strategy. So I'd love to hear about that from you. Yeah, we actually, it's, it's funny because the strategy chapter is all about strategy. It really outlines the key elements of the strategy that you need to focus on as you're building it out. Um, it walks you through how to approach sort of that strategy. And, and we have um, an amazing um, approach that is just um, off the charts. Um, it's, you know, the latest and greatest that, that is um, used as an example here of we actually um, talked to folks at Havas and they created this whole um, approach to storytelling and how they do it for their companies. It's amazing. It starts with, you know, brand DNA and code and then creates codes of culture and then they, they build cultural PV and creative bets off of that. So there's, there's an example um, of that framework and how it works with, with an example of a brand. And then the last one is, is what we've created absolutely from scratch. It's, there's, there's a number of um, original frameworks, but this is one of them, which is a storytelling framework. It is, you know, it walks you through basically the the template where you can build your own, but it also gives you an example of of how to build it out with one of my favorite um, brands here in Oregon, actually, um, Naked Winery, and and what they've done with their um, uh, NKD wines. So um, very very um, very specific, very prescriptive, very example driven. Uh, something you can grab and plug plug it in your own. But you know what? Um, at the end of the day, strategy will not be successful if um, you create an executor in the bubble, right? Because you have to make sure those silos we talked about are broken all the way across the board. And you can start small and then and then extend for the company. But I've personally lived through that example where we've done it for um, for for a large company, you know, 100,000 people across the world, right, when they worked at Intel. And so I've seen it work. I've seen it be successful. It takes some time and patience. But the reality of it is if you don't collaborate, if you don't um, bring it all together, and if you don't bring the company with you as you are creating um, the strategy that hopefully, you know, the coolest and the latest and, and, and you're trying I, something new, you know, you, you're not going to be successful. So let's move on to the discovery laws. And, and I love this because, uh, again, you know, sometimes I think companies approach all of this backwards. They, they actually find their story, right? They think they know what the story it needs to be. And then they go back and, and they do the other steps. <laughs> Yeah, they try to like right. fit it. They they try to like it's like like try trying to shove a big pillow onto a tiny little backpack. Right? They try to like shove it in and force it in. Absolutely. Right. Or or even worse, you know, the the visual identity, right? The the brand uh logo and icon and colors gets developed first, right? <laughs> and then you go try to do this. So um, so you mentioned five different laws in this chapter, and again, these are the, the discovery laws. So the hero law, actionable intelligence, beyond the obvious, the storyteller law, and the law of opportunity. So touch on these for us a little bit. Well, um, we don't have enough time to touch on every single one, so let me just tell you this, that, you know, a lot of people well, have... Your... <laughs> Yeah, no, um, you know, a lot of people have those misconceptions, right, which is, if our story is not remarkable, it's not worth telling, you know, our story should make everyone happy, or here's my favorite one, our product is boring, 
No story will make it attractive. I'm like, come on, people. If Charmin can make uh, toilet paper sexy, you know, you can do it. You you, you can do it, you know. So um, so there's all these misconceptions out there, but also there is um, mistakes that companies make, which is, you know, the hero laws, for example, right? there's macro stories and there's micro stories. And a lot of times companies go way out of their way to get super, super creative where they have right here in their backyard, some of the best stories possible, customers and their families, employees, partners, um, you know, stakeholders, industry peers, um, sometimes influencers, but there's, you know, volunteers, I mean, heck, causes, change movements, what is it that you're doing and who you're doing it with right there in your own backyard, right? Right. So that is- that is that is basically what uh, what this um, this is all about, and and you know stop looking at at some crazy stuff out there, and start looking within yourself and figuring out how it is that you can um, basically have all these other people and all these other partners and and people who who have amazing stories right around you um, actually come in and help you discover those. Um, and right. so there's you know it's all, it's all about doing it the right way, but but again there's fear. Right? There's fear that, oh, well, our employees, if they're not happy, they're going to tell bad stories. Well, how? Fix your culture. If you don't fix that, the customers will know that your employees are unhappy. And when they know their employees are unhappy, they're going to leave. They, they're going to go, well, we don't want to do business with that company, no matter how cool their product is. And, and it's not, you know, and anything can be copied. Your product can be copied. Um, it, it's, it's all about sort of who you are, who you bring or if, you know, who do you tell stories with, how you tell those stories. And there's just so many other formats to consider, you know, as you tell that right. story. So, so that's, that's the gist of, of the Discover Laws. Well, I love that. And then you move right into just an incredibly practical chapter about the actual story making, right? You call it the story making laws and crafting your story. And uh, again, there's too much here to, to dive into all of it, but I'll, I'll just recap it. So it's consistency simplicity, uh, the language that you use, visual storytelling, diversification, quality, humor, urgency, utility, ownership, brand protection, and optimization. So in the same way that you did with the discovery laws, why don't you either hone in on, you know, kind of your your favorite story from this section of the book or, or just what the whole uh, framework is around crafting the story. Do you need all of those, or do you pick the ones that apply to you? Yeah, you don't have to use any. <laughs> it's it's all about considering what it is that you need to think through as you are making and creating your stories, right? And so um, there's a ton of examples. There's a ton of uh, lists for you to consider. There is um, there is a ton of, um, of the formats right in there that you can use and some of the you know latest and greatest that people I don't think are considering right cinemagraphs oh my god so one of the one of the best uh, visual formats out there but people don't know what it is because because nobody's trying to do anything that's cutting edge and they, they're afraid to try something new you know there's, there's and, an and urgency that again I, mi- I missed what you said it was Cinemagraphs. Um, Cinemagraphs is the um, the format is it's it's a still image, but one of the elements in it is moving, right? And they, these are beautiful done. They've been around for a couple of years, uh, brilliantly executed, really draw attention. You know, especially talk about 
standing out, right? In the age of infobicity, talk about standing out in the news feed with a cinemagraph. It's it's a brilliant format. I mean, same goes with cartoons, right? I, we talked about cartoons in our in our last book, and and still I don't see a lot of companies utilizing it, and that's because they take themselves way too seriously, right? And that's because they they can't take humor or their again fear comes into play. Oh, I love um, using uh, cartoons. So I for for my book where where I showcased uh, your chapter, uh, we actually went and contracted with a guy who is known as the Marketoonist. Yes, you have my book. Mm-hmm. Both yes, of my books. Yes, yes, well, yes. Mine, mine too. And we actually had him do cartoons for our new business, which is called uh, Trip Proximity. And so one of the things was that all of the old guard in the travel industry well, everybody, even new folks who are coming out, their their sites are all airport and city centric. So he did one cartoon for me where you've got a guy who's on the tarmac and, and there's a tent next to the, the airplane. He says, you know, why does my travel agent always put me so close to the airport? And I mean, just tongue in cheek and hysterical, right? But it really helps people understand. And there was another one of a woman standing in front of an audience and she said, I was so busy asking or answering your questions about where to stay, I didn't have any time to book any speakers. And, you know, I mean, it, you're so right. That can be such a powerful storytelling mechanism. Totally. Yeah, and I, I love what Tom Fishburne does. I mean, he's um, he's amazing. And, uh, you know, I I, um, I follow him and, and his blog and his latest cartoons of the day, right? And it, it's definitely lovely. And, you know, he said, he, he told me that... Uh, brands can get unprecedented, you know, open rates and engagement if they um, use that medium right or well. But you know, there's oh, also things. There, there's also so, things like um, digital. You know, how do how do you build urgency and relevance, and how do you create agile processes, right? So we're building a framework of six P's that talks about sort of um, how do you create your digital center of excellence so that you can. Um, be effective in real time, sort of the the right place, the right time, and the right channel, the right way, you know, the right content, and you know, the list goes on. But but how do you uh, yeah. how do you build that out, and what do you need to you know put in place? So and then there's also something that's very very um, you know it, it might be dry for some people, but it's it's an essential part of our brand in, anymore, which is which is brand protection law, right? Uh, the disclosures, how do you work, you know, with influences, how do you um, you know, how do you avoid being punished for um, for, for not disclosing certain things? Or how, how do you avoid using assets that could um, lend you in a really bad lawsuit, right? Because you didn't do your homework right. um, on whether, you know, you can use those or not. So, I mean, the list goes on. But basically, um, everything you need to know. And then, you know, it, it kind of sort of ends with storytelling optimization approach. How do you... How do you uh, test and learn? How do you do it in real time? Because that's what it's about, right? If you're creating monthly reports and sending them out and you're really not doing the real time uh, monitoring and work and and um, honing and shaping, you know, your your storytelling, your formats, your, cha- your on which channels you do that, how you do that, right? You're, you're just not going to be as Right. And so then, you know, as you're beginning to wind down uh, the book, you you actually get to the most important part, right, which is after you've crafted your story, you need to share it. And you talk about personalization and the channel mix. And, you know, I, I think so many of us 
uh, are frustrated with social media today because there is so much noise and so little ability to actually move the needle uh, because people aren't responding anymore. And, and it, it, I mean, it, clearly there are exceptions to that, but I, I think storytelling can be such a powerful medium that you're right, it's actually going to break through that noise. Yes, and you know it, it's all it, at the end of the day. It's all about right channel, right context, right format, right. And the channels they're not just social, right? There's ads, there's blogs, there's chatbots, there's communities um, on social or otherwise. There's things like um, digital magazines, emails, events. Heck, in-store signage, right? Not just online, but offline. Mobile apps, um, you know, podcasts. Um, print, SMS, right? And I mean, the list goes on. There's, you know, there's new cool stuff like voice and audio skills and virtual assistants. Um, and then there's your website, which should be uh, front and center and probably first on the list um, to figure out. So as you look at those channels, we, we walk you through all of them, but we also sort of show you what what it is that you need to pay attention to and how to um, develop the right channel mix, right? Which is important. Absolutely. And and then you, you wrap up in, in talking about the laws of engagement. And again, this is what I was talking about is I am overwhelmed at how unengaged uh, people have gotten. And again, it's because there's so much choice, right? So you talk here about engaging with your communities and, and the, the elements of this chapter is the response law, the surprise and delight law, and the law of humanizing your brand. Uh, absolutely love that last one. Yeah, you know what? Um, it's again it's, for brands. It's all about well, what's our latest new commercial that's going to be that's going to really draw attention at Super Bowl? Yay, we're done, right? Where you, honestly, your brand is all about who you engage with, where you engage um, with them, uh, and then also how you do that, which is most important. So engagement uh, laws are my personal favorites. I mean, I, I always love to consider strategy and, and, and you know, making those stories as fun, but engagement is, is where it really, truly shines because it is great that you created something awesome, but here's now your, um, your key element that comes into play, which is once you put it out, once you distribute it, you want uh, communities to engage around it, right? You want that evergreen sort of conversation um, with the rest of the world about it. It's not just your customers. It's not just your prospective customers. It's, it's the rest of the world because the rest of the world is important, right? These are potentially your future partners, your future employees, um, media, press and media, right? Like So you want to engage the world around who you are, what you stand for, and, and around your stories, right? Because you spend all this time creating and crafting them. And so, so the engagement piece is critical, but oftentimes can be missed. Because, um, again, brands and current C-suites, right, they're so used to one-way push, one-way storytelling, or we were to broadcasting ways of doing it versus a two-way conversation connecting with people. And that's where your, your really customer um, impact is going to come um, from, right, is that sort of engagement. Again, like in your example, either through the phone or through social or if it's, you know, in store, these, these, this, these little things, these little interactions, these engagements are the ones that are going to drive people back to your product, to your company, to, you know, to your service. Uh, and so that's 
personally one of my favorites, not because I'm just social butterfly, but because I've seen it work in an impactful way. And so there you absolutely have to consider a variety of different things. But that engagement right. is what's going to put a human face on your brand. Right. Absolutely. So the the last chapter is really about making your own law, right? That's so, right. Uh, just uh, let's close on that note and tell us a little bit about uh, why you would want to make your own law of storytelling. <laughs> well, that, like Dalai Lama said, know the rules well so you can break them efficiently. Um, so I will tell you is that one of the things that I found and Jessica found in my career and her career, right, I was more a sort of tech B2B side. She was on the sort of consumer, um, worked for consumer brands, and we agree across the board that um, you, the reality is um, if you are not honestly creating your own path, your own stories, your own laws, your own um, new and creative formats to tell that story, um, and if you're not, you know, reaching beyond just the laws and things to consider that were put in front of you already historically, then you're really not innovating. So that's what it comes down to. So, you know, you know, be a rebel, become obsessed about about learning, about expanding your network, talking to other storytellers, seeking the know-how from those who already walked your path, right? And then go create your own. And then one important thing I'll leave you with here is don't benchmark against your competition or your industry peers. God, I mean, if you're benchmarking yourself about what's going on in your industry, well, sure, if you do something new and innovative, it's, it's fantastic. But the smartest, the coolest, the most advanced storytelling brand benchmarks themselves um, against disruptors. Doesn't ma- doesn't matter what what industry it is. Doesn't matter the size. But they disrupt. Them, they they benchmark themselves against the key disruptors, and um, that's what gets them excited. And that's what helps them. That mentality helps them to innovate. What great advice. I, I love that one. Uh, that, that one's worth, worth the price of the book. <laughs> so, so Ekaterina, if, if folks want to follow you, and I mean, clearly they can go uh, to, to any major bookstore, and uh, what date is the book actually uh, it's hitting? Launch this week. This week. Oh. Yeah. Yay. Um, but they can obviously order the Kindle edition online, and they can order uh, the print book. In fact, I, I just, uh, since for some reason I didn't receive a copy of the book ahead of time, uh, I went ahead and ordered it, and I paid for uh, extra delivery because I can't wait to sit down with the physical copy of the book with a pen in hand because I'm right at the place in my new tech company where this could not be more timely. Um, so I, I so appreciate your time today. But how can people follow you? Well, um, quite honestly, Google. <laughs> I am uh, I am present on most uh, on social networks. They can find me easily on LinkedIn, on Twitter. I'm at Ekaterina, so my first name, and um, they can connect with me on Facebook. So you know, I'm um, I'm pretty easy to reach. But uh, the most of the information and the and the the best contact is probably um, on my website, EkaterinaWalter.com because they can find everything about me there and uh, and uh, drop me a note. Perfect, perfect. And we will include those links on thegamechanger.network uh, where the show will be uh, displayed. And then, of course, uh, they'll be able to come to you directly. And again, it's E-K-A-T 
E-R-I-N-A, Walter without an S on the end. I know uh, uh, Walters is a a little bit more common last name, but uh, I always have to remind myself of that. Well, Ekaterina, it has been wonderful. Um, I also want to get a copy of your children's book, Uh, that you and Taya wrote, uh, that looks like it's going to be a great Christmas gift for my granddaughter. So (laughs) thank you for mentioning that. Oh, no, absolutely, Chiki. Thank you for having me. It's always always fun um, to to, to connect with you. And, um, you know, if if folks in your community have questions, you know, please, please ask. I'm 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 always available. available. I'm always there. Well, terrific. Well, thank you so, so much. It was so great to reconnect. And have a marvelous weekend. You as well. Thank you. You've been listening to The Game Changer. Ideas. Inspiration. Innovation. With Chickie Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm.